Hey friends, Jason here, the host of the Speak With People podcast. Before we hop into this episode, the Lead With People, Not At Them series, I want to ask you a question. Are you ready to speak like a leader? So many of us aren't ready to answer that because we don't think we have the confidence. We're too fearful or we just aren't given the opportunities to speak in public. And maybe if we do, we don't understand how to put them, our thoughts together in a clear way and then all the nerves attack us, the beads of sweat and the ums and our stomach turns over. It's time to end all of that. Speak With People is introducing a brand new course called Speak Like a Leader. This is for the everyday leader to speak with confidence, clarity, and in a captivating way. You are going to be absolutely ready when your boss says, hey, can you give an update on the project you've been working on in front of the team? You're going to stand up with confidence. You're going to be clear, and you're going to captivate that room. You're going to close more sales. You're going to be able to communicate more clearly. You're going to be able to deepen your relationships because you're going to speak like a leader. This includes nine different modules, all of the training videos that you can watch on your own, all of the different worksheets, and then additional worksheets. It also includes two private coaching sessions with me. Go to speakwithpeople.com slash speaklikealeader and get your course today. And now for this episode of the Lead With People, Not At Them series. Welcome to the Speak With People podcast. My name is Jason Reitz. I'm so excited that you are joining us today. We believe at Speak With People that healthy communication is oxygen for your relationships and your leadership. So whether you communicate one-on-one to a team from a stage or from behind a screen, we hope that our time together today on the podcast will inspire you will challenge you, will encourage you to breathe life into your world with your communication. Hey, before we go into today's incredible episode, I just want to remind you, if you are a leader, you are someone with influence, communication is your currency. And you can use communication in just an incredible amount of ways to influence people. Are you investing in your communication skills? Have you taken your communication skills to that next level so you are truly investing and pouring into uh, that next level of leading and communicating? So if you've never checked out Speak With People's coaching programs, head to speakwithpeople.com slash coaching, and we will get you all the information that you need on that. Well, we are in a world that's just inundated with information. Uh, clarity sometimes in our communication is difficult and it's never been more crucial than it is today. And so on today's episode, we're actually going to embrace, uh, we're going to explore the art of embracing clarity in our messages, in our messaging, because it just has this incredibly profound impact on our lives and businesses. So today we hope to discover why clarity is the absolute cornerstone of healthy and effective communication, how it can lead to better relationships, increase our influence, and we'll see business success with it. And so I'm so excited because uh, we are diving into just an amazing uh, interview with a leader that I have come to greatly admire. I absolutely love how she networks and connects, how she runs uh, her business, what she does for all the folks that she uh, blesses. And so I'm, I've just been excited for this podcast for some time. I won't tell you much more about her, but I uh, would love to welcome Lise Marie to the podcast. Thank you so much for being on today. Thank you, Jason. I'm so happy to be here. Hey, before we hop in and talk about this, could you just give us a little bit more of your story? Let our listeners know who you are, what you do, all that kind of stuff. For sure. Well, um, so as uh, Jason said, I'm Lisa Marie Garcia, and I've lived now in Tampa for about nine years. I'm the CEO of a book publishing group. Uh, we start our eighth year this month and uh, based in downtown Tampa. 
I'm working from home and I was looking at my background actually. Uh, it says a lot about me. First of all, I'm working from home today because I have a fun little red eye situation. So I've got only one contact in. So the good news is it doesn't uh, affect both sides of my brain. So I'm good that way. <laughs> Hopefully I am to articulate what I want to say today. <laughs> uh, but as far as who I am, uh, you see my family's calendar on on the whatever the left side maybe of your screen. I'm a mom and I, I, I'm a working mom for 18 and a half years now as my oldest is away in college. And I'm a mom of two daughters. So I have one daughter now in the home who's a senior in high school. So next year this time, it's most likely she'll be out to university out of state as well. Well, so wow. as we know, you can always count on change uh, in this world. But uh, but I, uh, I originally uh, relocated from Seattle, Washington, and I was originally a tech CEO for 18 years with offices in Oregon and uh, Washington back in the good old days. Just kidding. It's always the good old days. Um, but I've had, had a varied career and just love what we are doing now in book publishing. Wow. That's incredible. What a, what a, what an incredible range of experience. And, uh, I feel like we could do like six or seven different topics, uh, for today, <laughs> but we'll keep it to one. So we're clear. Uh, so we're able to do okay. that. And I'll just, uh, kind of say this Well, I'm excited just cause our relationship's building because, uh, all of the different publishers that I've met with, I'm very excited to, at some point, to be signing with you guys uh, and now publishing uh, to, you know, publish our first book, speak with people, not at them. So this is why I'm, I'm also excited. So can't wait for that. We, we cannot also, ah. we can't wait to share what your message in our book formats. I love it. Well, let's hop into the conversation. So as we think about clarity, as we think about, you know, embracing clarity for our, our messages, is there, is there a moment in your leadership journey, your own personal journey? Did you have an experience that kind of led you uh, to get to this place where you have some passion about the importance of clear messaging and communication? Definitely. Um, you know, and first and foremost, that is always in front of us as a book publisher. So mm. we can kind of start with the today part of it, right? We, we're not doing justice to the books that we produce if we don't establish what the focus is of the reader, which we call in marketing slash buyer mm. of the book and pinpoint that niche of who are we writing this book for? Who are we going to be marketing this book for? And how is all of the efforts that we do? And there's quite a bit of effort on the editorial side right. and on the promotion side to book publishing. If we are not, if we lose any track of that niche and focus and clarity of message, clarity of purpose, if we lose that, I believe that's the reason that most of us that are avid readers have a stack of books we've never finished because mm. that book lost that focus. So I'm living and breathing that pretty much all of the time being in book publishing. But I'll tell you in my younger days, and I was actually looking at my, my, the first book that I say kind of got me into publishing. It was published when I wasn't in publishing by a New York publisher. And I was just looking at the forward and I was remembering I was a 20, Probably, well, no, no, no. When I wrote, I wrote about the times in my late 20s. Um, and I remember I was called the Energizer Bunny. I was told by mentors to slow down my speech. I was told to uh, hone in on my emotions. Really great, great lessons that we all need. But I clearly was told in many ways that both my body communication and my verbal communication was off the charts in effectiveness and needed to be. 
I don't know if this is the best word, but needed to be, you know, worked on and, and mm. contained, so to speak. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's so great, though, that you had mentors and people who took the time, you know, to point the because we've all been there. I mean, every single one of us. Yeah. So it was great that you, they, they were able to kind of speak some life into it. I love that what you said, though, about the clarity, because, yeah, I was just thinking about the books that I haven't made it through. And then it dawned on <laughs> me, oh, OK, that's that could be why I why I stopped here. It's 100 percent why, it, yeah. you know, and it's it's rabbit. You know, you're reading and you're so excited about the book. That's why you bought it. And you're maybe getting to chapter three and it's all good. You get to chapter four. At least this is my, you know, my experience, what we believe. And they take me down a rabbit hole and maybe I'll hang on for a little bit because I'm like, hmm, I really didn't think that that's what I was going to be delving into, but then there's another rabbit hole. And then all of a sudden, the reason I bought the book is not the book I'm reading. And so then I put it down and mm. maybe I'll start it again. And I never started again. I mean, I don't hate to say it over the years. I don't know that I've ever said, oh, let me give it another try. I move on to another book I'm interested in. Yeah. And hopefully it keeps my interest. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you could tell, like, I'm a little bit of a, I'm a little bit of a book person. So <laughs> I can. Uh, yes, you are. I, I admire see. those books behind you. Well, I, I love it. I love it. The the I'll just here's my rabbit hole. My interesting uh, thing that kind of drives some people crazy about my library is I love hardcover books, but I I take all the covers off all of them when I put them on my shelf. So. <laughs> well, and you're exactly the reason that for our hardcover books at Now Publishing, they don't have jackets. We don't do the dust jackets because oh. I like, you know, I like it to be on yeah. the Yeah. So that's sharp. you said you ordered a few, you'll see that. So that's yes. what I do. Yeah, that's great. Okay. So, you know, clarity, I mean, obviously clarity and communication yeah. is so essential, but you know, as you, as you think about it and we've kind of hit it a little bit, but let's hone in a little bit more. Why, why is it so essential and what, what can it do for our lives, you know, personally and even in our, our, our everyday business, what, you know, whatever we're doing to make sure that we embrace clarity at just a deep level. What, what, what can it do for us? Yes, no, for sure. So we talked about, you know, having, you know, having the niche, which in verbal communication, I mean, you know, we, you know, know who you're talking to, mm -hmm. you know, and talk to what you're talking to. I mean, you can't, you know, clatter, you know, humans are so, you know, multifaceted, right? So if I'm talking to a board member, for instance, I might know that that person is a CPA and has this financial brain, but what am I speaking to, to gain understanding of my message in him? Right. And it might be that philanthropic part. So know that mm. niche. We talked about that. But another thing that I find myself doing that I think is important for your clarity of message is already understand and have that in front of you. What is that expected outcome? So if you, you know, if you know what the expected outcome is of the communication, of the discussion, of even your presentation, and then for us, you know, what, what do we want the reader to gain? If you already know that, it helps you clarify and pare down your communication. Yes. And so again, just like we talked about going on to going, you know, going into a rabbit hole when you're reading, it's the same thing when you're trying to communicate with someone. If I want someone, and I've never done this before, but I know some VCs, I've never pitched for money in that in any company, but you know, they work that when they're helping startups, you know, pitch for the, you know, $10 million, you know, seed money, you know, their message 
they know the expected outcome already. The expected outcome is someone's going to say yes, that has the funds, right? Yep. So the clear, it helps them clarify their message so much. So there's, you know, another tip there. Oh, I love that. Okay. I, I didn't, I didn't put this question on the, on the doc. So, you know, I'm sorry for throwing you for a loop sure. here, but was just thinking about, you know, parent, when it comes to parenting and you've got one in college and one almost, you know, heading to college, is there anything you did as a, as a parent with your, when your kids were younger to try to help them, you know, understand the importance of clarity. I mean, it just, I've got five kids myself. I mean, I'm just thinking about some of the parents that are listening. What an important skill it would be for teenagers, you know, college kids to be able to have this message that you're talking about. I'm wondering if there's anything you did, you know, as a parent to kind of drill that home into your, into your kids. Yes, for sure. Right. And again, you've got five. I can't even believe it. The five factor versus the two factors, you know, more, you know, obviously numerically more than double. I say it's probably times 10. But, um, you know, I think I, I remember, as we all probably do when they're younger, how you'd give them like 10 choices and then you learn how to bad decision that was. So you'd give them like two choices. Right. So we <laughs> so we work to make their lives simple because we need our life to be simple. So I'm sure there was that modeling um, in there and, and more so the modeling that I'm sure that I did because for all of my daughter's life, actually I've been self-employed. I've been an employer for 24 years now mm. between the tech company and this company. So, and as we know, as parents, you know, it's not what I say, it's how I live and it's what they're seeing. And they see, you know, whether it's I'm being wise or I'm being foolish in my, in my human experiences and dealings and communication. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you, I was, um, it it was in the, my, the tech field for 10 years before I had kids. And I used to say this, um, I used to say, you know, I'm getting parenting skills by parenting my employees. And, you know, there's actually kind of a lot to that. Mm. I didn't realize it at the time, but there's a lot to that in terms of, you know, you, I, I, I managed my parenting very much to how I managed my company teams. So, you know, I think they got some of that. And then yep. now, especially with my, my teenager at home, her, her list of what decision, for, because she's trying to get into this college and that college and this yep. summer program, even last night, she said, mom, I think I want to go into this program next summer. That's going to help me. And I said, why don't you just enjoy two, two months before you go into college in mm. August? So here I was, you know, <laughs> um, just kind of help her get clarity of life. Maybe you yep. call it, you know, yep. it's, it's a hard right now for kids and, and, and for adults. There's a lot going on in this world. We've got Absolutely. lots of shiny balls everywhere. So clarity is important. Absolutely. And you think about it, even when you're talking about with parenting, you know, some of the, I mean, your, your, your uh, employees, the people that you work with, I mean, for the first, I mean, it, it's just incredible that we have four different generations of people in the workforce. You know, I mean, it's, you think about the, the gap from a boomer to a Gen Z, you mean, yeah. communication is, Huge. you know, so that clarity, yeah. being able to embrace that message. Have you ever experienced a time in your career where because of the lack of clarity, I mean, either you did something or a project that you were on or, or you know, just some situation uh, where there wasn't that clear messaging, you know, things did not go the way you'd hoped and you had to, now you had to recover and recoup whatever, whatever oh, the negative sure. side of it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can't say yes enough because, right, one of the the top factors for failure between a company and a client is based on communication, mm. no question. 
And, and so, and so when you start seeing things go south, you start, you know, sensing something with your, with your, with your client, you can bet it's based on communication, lack thereof, wrong messaging, one of those factors. And we see it all the time, even in our best efforts. Um, we would have, you know, we might have a situation come up in our team where we say, well, we know at the very first meeting, we let the client know, well, maybe it went right by them and maybe we didn't reiterate it. And, and we have to learn, we have to pivot, we have to put some other factors in there and we never cover it all. We yep. never have complete right communication because each of our clients are different and each of them hear things different and experience things different. And like you said, four generations and I had to go into my head, you know, we could even put gen or alpha generation now. Because right. I've got proofers there, so there's five, and right. um, so a hundred percent. And I, you know, if, if someone said, you know, so eight years you've been book publishing, what is your, you know, biggest regret? And I'm not a person that necessarily lives that way, but I would say that our communication failures, failures along the way with different clients, you know, again, it wasn't our heart to have that failure, but it happened nonetheless. And uh, gosh, you're making me think I should hire a chief communication officer. Is there such a thing? <laughs> Jason, please work with me us on that. You can mentor our person. No, it, it is. It is though. And I, th I think we're, we're, what I'm seeing, and I, I have a couple of thoughts on this. I go quickly with it, but you know, everyone's attention span has shrunk according to the data and research. We're so inundated with, you know, text messages, emails, Facebook, you know, TikTok, you know, all that kind of stuff that it seems like for a good contingent of people, their responsiveness factor has lowered. You know, I talk to younger generation people. They don't want to get on the phone and talk to people. You know, they just rather do right. things over the text and the responsiveness is lower. And as I've done some trainings for different companies and banks, you know, uh, people will tell me all the time, we, we got to be on our people to respond. One of the things I, I have enjoyed about your leadership from afar is your responsiveness is like off the charts and it's ra it's rare nowadays because people don't communicate that clearly and responsively you know a any thoughts that you have when it comes to the responsiveness and how you know leaders can improve that to to make sure they're you know clearly getting back with people well, thank you first, because I uh, was just actually, I didn't get back to a client of mine that emailed me yesterday and texted me last night until this morning. And I was out all day yesterday, but I was, uh, we're having some issues. Uh, it's a Spanish book. We're having a little bit of issues because it's kind of new for us to do books in Spanish. And I was like, oh, what is going on with it? So of course I addressed it this morning and I was feeling, oh, I should have gotten back there. But you know, no, you a hundred percent nailed it. Um, you know, it is hard to navigate those waters for sure. And actually, when we have our very first meeting with our client, brand new, they paid the down payment and we're going forward. The very first um, uh, message is, what is your preferred communication style? Mm. And what are the hours of responsiveness? And so then I let the client know that, first of all, I don't expect anyone on our team to answer texts or emails or such after five, mm. you know, on a Monday through Friday. And I definitely don't, ex please don't expect responses from us on the weekends. I think I told you I, Sunday's my Sabbath, my God and family day. So I really, for the most part, never, you know, look at work. So I, that's the way I've learned how to navigate it, is to understand from the client's perspective and then to let them know our perspective. But, um, you know, I remember the days in a conference room when I was in tech with my tech team, when I got angry, this will tell you how long ago it was, when 
across the table, two of them were texting each other. And I just thought that was horrible. What? You know, we're right in person, all that. Well, we do that all the time. Right. You know, I FaceTime right. my daughters in their room where I thought I'll never do that. You know, it's <laughs> and that was actually one of the things I was going to say about, you know, clarity of message is that the tools are evolving. The world is evolving. The generations are evolving. So you need to evolve your communication wow. style and how you come to clarify it. Um, there's just no way you can stand on what you think is the, you know, the way. And there yep. are people that will navigate this world and say, well, this is the way I handle it. I'm sorry, but you, you it's just, it's an evolving and it's definitely an invite change kind of world. Yep. When it comes to, you know, clearly communicating, you know, your message. So, you know, say, say you figured out, okay, Hey, this is what I'm about. I need to communicate this to the world. A lot of leaders, a lot of folks struggle with some of that, you know, crystal clear communication. How do you go about, you know, how would you help, you know, a leader say, okay, Hey, here's some of the tips, the tools, the things to remember so you can communicate your message clearly. Right. Well, first of all, I wouldn't necessarily be in the person saying that, but the advice I would give would be this, hire an expert that can help you. So with us, it's hire an excellent editor that can help you. You are not an editor. You don't have an editorial background. Maybe you are not even a writer. You can write and you have a purposeful message and maybe you're better than average, but you're not a person that has been studying and writing and perfecting their craft for 30 some years. So hire that expert. If you want to give a speech, hire a speech expert. I mean, we know when you read biographies of successful people, they have team members that have skills they don't have. They go to mentors, they go to advisors, they go to people that can help them right? Help them in the ways that they can't help themselves. Mm. And it's, it's difficult sometimes because we do, you know, meet with many potential clients. Some of them have self-published, you know, from everything from that to ones that have been published by the big four. And there's so much out on the internet. And sometimes I get a little fatigued. I'll just, to be honest, yeah. I get a little bit fatigued when I'm working with a potential client that will give me four or five reasons that I'm wrong that they found on the internet. And finally, I'll just say, okay, I'm not saying my way is the best way. I'm not right. saying it's the only way. I'm just saying based on my experience, this is my advice. So I, I look to experts and, you know, making sure they're true, true experts, but get help, you know, get help. And, and the expert will help you clarify your message and help you be the best um, that you can be with their help. Oh, that's great. I think of the, <laughs> all of us now, you know, our doctors, as we go to search WebMD for what our symptoms are, you know, and then yes. we'll kind of argue with our actual right. doctor. It's kind of the same. <laughs> right. Yes. 100%. Well, I, 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 I wouldn't be able to be okay with myself uh, if I didn't ask you some, I know we've talked a little bit about the publishing world, but since I've got like a, you know, a book publisher here and I know that I've got leaders and potential authors and all that kind of stuff listening, what are some steps authors can take as they're trying to, you know, figure out, okay, I want to, I want to write a book on this or I want to, you know, develop a speech that will become a book, but there's, you know, five, six, seven, eight different topics in there, you know, any advice you could give, you know, them to be able to go, Hey, we've got to really hone this message down. So you get it, you know, to the exactly where, where it needs to be. Yeah, for sure. Actually, just a couple of nights ago, I was talking to uh, this gentleman that looks like he's going to come on board and he's got, um, 
huge following, huge network that he's been working on for about three years and just a ton of blog posts. And he says, like, I have all this. So he has all this content. So you'd think it'd be easy. Well, so here's where he has to start. He's got to start with the outline got to start if you're Mm. you're considering a book you've got to start with the outline and then we do a slash toc it's really your table of contents is what it will Mm. turn into but the importance of the outline is what we started with in this conversation it is does every single part of the outline feed to your niche and feed to your message if it doesn't, it might be a great story and it might, or it might be a great joke you want to add or it might be a great client experience that you want to throw in there. But does it feed the clarity of message? So a strong outline is about 10 chapters where you put the sub bullets in of topics that, again, feed to the chapter. And then the second part is the download of content. And if you want to help your publisher uh, that's looking for your manuscript when you, you have a seat at the table with them, um, keep your, se- your chapters separate. Hmm. And you don't have to make them one, two, three, four, five. Who cares at this point? Just name them one, two, three, four, five, just for a title. Um, again, the expert, right? So our editing team or who you're working with will order them in the right way to make an impactful book and then on and on the whole book publishing process. But that's where to start you. And then you keep writing to the outline. It's that's a very important key. Wow. Wow. That's really good to know. Uh, <laughs> and some great advice on this end is I'm, I'm trying to get, you know, uh, material done on my end as we're, uh, we're doing that. Uh, sometimes, you know, I talk to leaders and even myself, you know, I, I'm on social media and I have this love hate with social media. You know, it's like, I love it in one sense because you've got this opportunity to share your message. And then I hate it in one sense, you know, you get on LinkedIn and it's like, everybody is clamoring to be heard. You know, this is my, this is, this is. How can we get to a place where, you know, we're, you know, our, our message will stand out. Our thoughts are so clearly put together that, you know, they cut kind of across the noise of everybody else. And maybe I'm the only one, maybe I'm the one who sometimes opens up LinkedIn and I'm like, oh my goodness, there's just so much going on all the time. You know, would love any advice about, you know, being able to, you know, have our message, you know, stand above and, and cut through all that noise. Yeah, no, I agree with you a hundred percent. And I was telling someone, you know, every day, right. Probably two or three, maybe more, I get the messages and typically in my, I am on LinkedIn and typically it's the same thing. Typically it's an Indian outsourced wanting to redo my web, wanting to offer SEO, um, right? I mean, almost I can just tell you the categories and probably predict it, but more than that, and I love LinkedIn. I think we've talked about this. I do love LinkedIn and I do have that love hate where it's like, oh, the last thing I want to do is this, you know, but I need to, because I want to, um, you know, do some posting, but you know, what, what I think um, is, first of all, you can't be selling all the time. And, mm. that, you know, that's a part of our business. Every business is selling, but you're not selling every conversation that you have in your professional career with someone and you're not a car salesman. So you're not selling all the time is the first thing I'd say. So pull back if you're if you're doing that a bit. But I also think that, again, it's about that clarity in, in what is it that you can share that you, is unique about you? So I will look at a post and I scan it and I'm looking for that one factor, maybe for a realtor saying to me in their post, I specialize in relocations. Okay. 
lead with that. What we're all unique. We all have yeah. unique fingerprints like Damien's book, a book we just published. You know, we talk about snowflakes and when we're pulling out the content for books we publish, it's about what's unique about them. I've been taught, I just talked with yesterday, a gal going through breast cancer through the pandemic. We are releasing a book from an author this in October from a woman that went through breast cancer mm. through the pandemic, but they are a hundred percent different because they are a hundred percent different. So wow. your story might be the same. You might be a wellness coach and there's a gazillion of them. You might be a book publisher and there's a gazillion of them, but what's unique about you. And that's what you should be posting and focusing on and continuing to keep in that lane is, is my advice. Wow. That's so good. It's so profound because it, it, especially if, if people have a, if they've done some self-awareness work, you know, they've gotten to a place where they're like, okay, that's such a good question. What's unique about me? I'm going to stay in that lane. Yes. Yes. Is there anything, you know, as we, I mean, our conversation has just flown by. Is there anything on your heart that, you know, you, you'd love to share to our listeners that, you know, kind of caps up this conversation, anything, you know, when it comes to embracing clear to your message or maybe things that have kind of popped in your head since we've, we've begun talking. For certain. Thank you for asking, asking that. I've got a lot on my heart all the time. Um, but, uh, one thing regarding book publishing is, um, we have, I feel like, or I know for certain that, you know, a book, if you don't have one, it is your legacy. And again, depending on what generation you're in, you might not have, you know, 20 or 30 years of social media that your family can look at in, in the future. So if you don't have that, I encourage you to write your legacy. It's called a memoir, right? Mm -hmm. And it can be small or large. I have a client right now that we're actually the, when I was talking about the Spanish book, he is not publishing the book. He is giving the books to his family for Christmas. And it's his oh. whole life story. And it's an incredible story. We also have a book, an anthology called Like to be Remembered, where you would just write one chapter and be part of that. And we have, we're just starting to get chapter contributors. So hmm. I'd love to just extend that to your members and people watching that show um, to reach out. And there's never press uh, pressure or stress in publishing, I always say. Um, that's one, one thing. And then the other part of it is, you know, when you asked me what topic we should talk about, uh, I, I went to God and, um, mm. I'm, I, I pray and petition him to lead my life in every way. And he did. And, and what I got and what kind of started this conversation was in Job 37. I had to go find it again this morning. There's a line in there that says, can people even speak when they are confused? And that gave me that, you know, mm. idea that we know you've got to settle your soul and settle your spirit. And some of that, like you said, is having the self-awareness and I'm, I'm not perfect and I'm not there and I'm always working through everything I say, trust me, uh, every day to get better. But, you know, that helps you. And so wow. in this world of chaos, if you're being, you know, all over the place because the world is trying to shift you all over the place, you know, you've got to start there in some way. So my message is I hope you you look to God for that. That is so powerful. I mean, that is I mean, that is profound and Thank you for sharing that from your heart and just wrapping up this conversation on that. That is powerful. And it's just so exciting to cheer you on from, you know, afar. I mean, you just sat, I mean, just to brag on you for a second, you were just asked to be a part of a panel with the the mayor of Tampa, right? Like, I mean, just exciting yeah. to see the, the doors that are opening for you and how you just continue to network and connect with people. It's just, it's just incredible. Thank you to, to him be the glory. And That's I right. just so appreciate knowing you and the work you do, Jason, you're a rock star. Let's get working on those books. I'm telling you. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, hey, before I let you leave, let's do a couple uh, final rapid fire questions. And just so our listeners can kind of keep getting to know you. Uh, and so we'll just, we'll do them rapid fire. So we talk about speaking a lot on this podcast. Do you have a favorite speaker? Just somebody that you're like, oh, I'm always just so, you know, entrenched when they, when they speak. I love to listen to them. You know, I love Pastor John Mark Comer mm. uh, out of Portland. Now he yep. moved to LA. I've read two of his books, The Ruthless Elimination from Hurry. And you know what? You're going to find he's a very calm, yeah. centered speaker. Maybe that's yeah. what I like about him. I love that one. Yep. Uh, is there a podcast, uh, either development or guilty pleasure that you, you just love? I mean, it just fills you up. You find you're, you're listening to it more and more. Uh, yes. The, the podcast I love, that's not just filling me up what, but I'm learning so much is called the Messiah school hmm. and it's by, it's on Spotify, the Messiah school. And actually I'm getting ready to send out the link to a bunch on our, my email list. I believe in it so much. And the podcaster is Sheldon Duncan, hmm. S H E L D O N D U N C A N. And actually someone I need to introduce you to, uh, Jason, but the Messiah, po- uh, the Messiah school. That'd be awesome. And then throwing you for a loop on this rapid fire question, but you've lived in different parts of the country. What is, what is the thing you love most about Tampa? You know, you've lived here now. Like, what is the thing where you're like, oh, I just love this about it. So easy because it was what got me here from the other side of the nation in Seattle. It was that thing up there. I used to come to Tampa on business and put my head up, my headset will fall and stare at the sky. Just like, what is this sun? But now that I've been here, I'll tell you the thing I love about Tampa is that I hardly ever wear closed toed shoes and socks and never wear nylons. And I still live in them. It might be funny, but I never wear nylons. Like one time last year I did. And I'm like, look at me. I look ridiculous. So I love all things bright and sunny. It's right? true. I love it. Yeah, I've got a trip up to Michigan in a few weeks and I'm like, oh, I'm going to need, Ooh. you know, because it's already cold there. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is incredible. Yep. Well, this has been so rich. I am. Um, thank you so much for accepting the invite to be on the podcast. I'm just honored to work with you in the future. And thank you for pouring out this wisdom. Uh, before I let you leave, where's somewhere we can send people online to find out about you, find out about your books? you know, all that kind of stuff. And we'll, we're going to get some copies of your books and we're going to put them in the Facebook group and do some giveaways just because you've, you've done some, uh, some great work that way. So. You're so awesome about that. And thank you for having me on your show. I've been excited. It, uh, it was, it was interesting, right? How we met at the Christian chamber and then a lot of time went by and then here we are. So it's all for the good. Yeah. Publish with now. Dot com. So publishwithnow.com is our website, uh, really the best place that you can kind of see the books that we published and you can reach out to our team. Uh, a good email for us is publish at nowscpress.com. But you can also, you know, Google my name, Lisa Marie Garcia, and you'll see some um, great stuff that uh, God's been leading and we enjoy what we do. So thank you for uh, hosting me for sure. Well, I love it. Well, thank you again for being on. And thank you to our listeners for being a part of the Speak With People podcast. Every single Wednesday, we air a brand new episode with just an incredible leader who is just excelling in their leadership and their communication and teaches us what they've learned from their failures and successes. Again, thank you for every single like, comment, and review. Really does mean the world when you go into Apple Podcasts or Spotify and you leave a review podcast really does help the algorithm and the interweb send our podcast to more and more people. Again, hopefully you've been challenged and encouraged to elevate the importance of practice of healthy communication in your life and leadership. My hope is that this podcast encourages you, challenges you, inspire you to speak with people, not at them. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week on the podcast.